Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And oh, this is why we live in northern Arizona. I mean, the Midwest is starting to get chilly. The Rocky Mountains, those areas, they've, they've had some snow. But down here, we've got four seasons. The colors are all around, but it's just so mild. I've pulled the shorts back out again, short sleeve shirts. I mean, it, yes, it's going to get cold again. In fact, it looks like another system's coming through now. But then it will warm back up again. This Indian summers, it's this false it gets cold and then it warms back up. So it's never truly bitter cold like like I've got friends that have garden centers in Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. I mean, there the ground freezes and it never thaws. I mean, it freezes and freezes. It goes down eight foot frost lines. I mean, they leave. They come to Arizona or Florida. I got these friends come to Arizona. And so they're just going, I'm blowing this. We're getting out of here. It's too cold. And so here it's just stunning, just beautiful. I'm noticing right now that a lot of our customer base, so we get a migration going on right now. And this Prescott is kind of a second home place. What I find is the Phoenix folks, the Scottsdale, the Tucson's, Palm Springs, the desert folks, they have a summer home in Prescott. They're starting to leave now going, ah, it's too cold. It's below you know, 50 degrees. I'm leaving. But all the Alaska folks in the Midwest, the Minnesotas, they're, they're actually coming. This is their winter home. So we get to see a whole new set of customers as they come in and take, take, take their second home here again. It's kind of fun, actually. That's what I love about retail. You get to meet people. They're so interesting, hear their stories, where they're from, what they've done. It is fascinating. Uh, it's just, it's just fun. If you don't like people retail, it probably ain't for you, but if you do, Oh, this is a great place. You'd never get bored. Always interesting. This week in my own gardens though, we've got a lot going on. We did, did some container gardening. So we're, we're finishing up. So that last storm, what was that? Two weeks ago, it killed off all the summer things. So if, if you like summer, it didn't like going down to 24 degrees in our backyard. We actually got a little bit of a little bit of rain. What was that on on Tuesday night, Monday night? One of those two. Um, earlier this week, had a little bit of rain, not much. It actually, I looked at the rain gauge. It read zero inches, so it's, it felt like it was raining a long time. But it got everything wet. That's good, but it didn't hydrate anything. Um, it's, it's actually kind of sad. We were, Lisa and I were hiking out in the forest and, um, we're checking some pine nuts. We like pinion pine nuts. So it's pretty easy. This is the time you harvest those. You look at the, the pine cone, it opens up you look down in there and there's a nut about the size of a pistachio, maybe a little bit smaller than that, but it's got a shell on it. Well, we're going, Oh, let's try some of these. This looks good. So I bite into it, get the shell off and the nuts are hollow. There's no nuts in the pine nuts. At least on the, the hillside we were hiking around, up up around Granite Basin Lake, there were no pine nuts, which means the forest is crazy dry. 
So at some point in the spring, the pinion said, oh, we're going we're gonna to put a lot of nuts out there. It's, we're healthy. Let's do this. And then the dry and the heat said, oh, my gosh, we're not going to make it. There's not enough moisture. I'm going to take from the moisture and nutrients from the nut. And I'm going to use it to keep alive the core of my plant it, itself. And so that's not a good sign. That means the next step is I've got no more reserves without rain and moisture, without more reserves there. It doesn't have any extra fat on it. And so now it becomes dry where it becomes more of a, it's an opportunity for bark beetles and ips beetles and flathead borers and scales to start to attack, to start to burrow into and, and make a home in these trees. Entire tracts of forest can be damaged, can be killed in your backyard and just out in the fort, wherever. So really, if you've got any of these native uh, trees out in your yard, really take care of those. It's important. You could miss, if you lose them, there's no recovery. And a, and a pine tree and evergreens or conifers, conifers are the evergreen, leafy, not leafy, the needled evergreens. That's called a conifer. Conifers do not let you know they're stressed. They're just green, 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 green. They're dying. As they're dying, they're green or blue or whatever their color is. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we're talking like in a day, it turns brown like that. I mean, instantaneous. It was dying three months, four months, six months before. But if you don't have a trained eye and see that just a bit off color, it looks a little dusty, a little, just the color starts to fade. It looks a little pale. You know, when you look at a person that's sick, you go, oh, they, they look like they're, they're struggling, they're stressed out. If you're, a, if you're a horticulturalist, a plant person, a garden nerd, you can look at plants the same way. You go, oh, yeah, that one looks a little off. But without the trained eye, you don't see this. And all of a sudden, it just turns and they're dead. Once they turn brown, there is no recovery. Just a chainsaw is needed. I mean, that's it. It's over. So you really want to catch these things earlier. Be proactive on, your, on these important conifers that are out in the yard, especially the natives, the ornamental trees. That is a Colorado spruce that you planted. That's considered an ornamental tree. Um, there you typically put it on a drip system. You're caring for it naturally, but a native you don't. You put a new uh, hackberry or locust or aspen, you naturally put it on your, your drip system. So you don't really you don't have to think about it as much. But a native, if you have a, a, a plant that's already there and you built your house around it, those plants are now, I think, stressed out from what I'm seeing. Really pamper and care those things. And what I'm doing with my own gardens, I'm praying for more rain, but I have no control over that. What I do have control over is I can put some nutrients down on the ground. I can, I, fertilizer. So I'm putting the all-purpose plant food. There's a 744 food that I put down, makes it more acidic, and the plants love to pick it up. It's a slow release. It really makes those evergreens where they're more robust. Now they can fight off the bugs that might come at them. It makes them, it counteracts, it makes their roots thicker, plumper, fatter. So they've got more reserves to play with. Then I'm also watering my trees. Not very much. Once a month, I'm taking a hose. I'm not putting them on the drip system. I'm taking my hose and putting one of those spitter emitter things on the end and just letting it sprinkle for a few hours. Just letting it really hydrate. And then I don't think about them again. 
the ones that have are prone to bark beetle. That is, those are your, your ponderosas and your pinion pines. Those two seem to be a favorite food of scale and bark beetle. Those I'm actually putting plant, plant protector. There's a liquid systemic bug killer, bug control. It's like an antibiotic for trees. You can easily, anyone can do it. You mix this liquid up in a watering can, pour it right at the base of the tree at the right ratio. But if you do that, the plant will absorb it and take it up, up the cambium labor, up underneath the bark where all the bark beetles actually live, and it will keep them away. It'll either kill off the ones there or what you really want, it keeps them from penetrating, burrowing through the bark and then starting to eat the, the wood underneath because it's already tainted. You've treated that already. So this is really, really important. I was stunned that there were no, I mean, we tried several half dozen nuts on the pinyon pines, not one pinyon pine nut on this trail up around Granite Basin Lake. And, and Granite Mountain has more water or at least the front side has more water per average normally in the region. They, that the, the clouds hit that mountain, it dumps its load. So those pine trees generally are more robust. They're healthier. Not this year. So just some things to really watch. We've got a lot in store. I want to cover mistletoe. I want to cover lawns. I want to cover winter vegetables and herbs. There's a lot to get into in this week's show. Uh, right now, I'm telling you, you're going to have a storm front coming through that'll kill off all the last remaining summer hardy things, your perennials. They'll probably start to hibernate underground. You'll see more brown. Some of the leaves are really starting to turn. They're really fabulous. And they'll stay on there until the next storm hits, and then they'll all blow off. And so it's really important to start strate- strategically planting certain things that give you that evergreen colorful pop of color right through winter you can have you can have gardens 12 months out of the year here but you got to know how we're going to give you that advice after this important message you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens visit ken where he can be found throughout the week at waters garden center in prescott Waters Garden Companion Plants for November are Flowering Pear, English Ivy, Camellias, and Vanderwolf Pine. Vanderwolf is related to Arizona pines with fluffy foliage. It's remarkably resilient in dry Arizona soils. Makes a graceful specimen in yards or expansive estate landscapes. This distinctive pine, long, twisted, silver-blue needles covering the dense branches. Carefree and easy to grow. Shop by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side by side. Waters hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott.
You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. Hey, and this is Ken and Lisa Waters Lane in the studios. Lisa comes each week with your garden question. Just what are other gardeners talking about? So Lisa comes and just kind of shares that with us. Welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. So how's it been going out there in the at the garden center? Is it uh, busy? <laughs> What's so it's, it's, I mean, it's. I feel like the Maytag repairman. <laughs> Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Well. They, it's kind of because we are seasonal, but yeah. the tomato gardeners, they're not they're not there. The annual gardeners, the it's just trees, mm-hmm. house plants, getting gardens ready. We're selling lots of mulch lots and manures. Oh my gosh, tons of that. Lots of fertilizer, mm-hmm. but not all the departments are powered up. So we're in between cycles for fruit trees. So mm-hmm. that they'll be coming in what, usually January, February yeah, is when February. we start restocking for right. the spring fruit trees. So mm-hmm. right now it's maples and evergreens. So you're, you're running at like 30% levels <laughs> just because all the inventory isn't there. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's normal. That's oh, the no, same. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. Yeah. I've been there and done that, but yeah. If you ever wanted to talk to a gardener, this is the time. Landscape provides, now is the time. <laughs> that's right. We're looking for things to do. So, and we can spend more time with you, which is great, oh, especially yeah. if you need design ideas, right. that kind of stuff. It's, I noticed a lot of people are coming in and they're not buying, they're having a house built. Right. And they're yeah. recon, it's researching yeah. what they can do, when they can do it. And so they're doing their homework. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, and they're chit chatty. Some of them are chit chatty, some are like, I'm just looking. Don't <laughs> don't bother me. Look at the hand. There's there's two of those. We're, we're, we weren't trying to sell your duty. We realize you're not ready for this stuff, sure. but sure. Uh, just trying to help. So oh, yeah. anyway, good time to ask questions and see what's out there. So what are some of the questions sure. that are being asked that are out there? So Pam is in Prescott. She has a question. She has three five year old Austrian pines, okay. uh, and all three the needles are kind of yellowy browning out. Towards the trunk, center of the tree. Okay. Uh, cool. She's noticed others in the neighborhood doing the same thing. She yeah. just wants to know, is this uh, something going on? Is it a problem or concern? Or is this natural for the time of year? So whenever you see <clears throat> yellowing or discoloration on your plants, you should be worried. But but not so much in the autumn. What happens in the autumn, so you're seeing a lot of fall color mm-hmm. from your deciduous trees. Deciduous is, it loses their leaves. Mm-hmm. The evergreens, although they can also show some fall color. Some of them, broadleaf evergreens, actually turn from green to purples and grays and have tinges of yellow or or orange or or reds, like a nandina I'm thinking of, or heavenly bamboo. If it's out in full sun, this is an evergreen plant, but if it's out in full sun, it turns bright red. It doesn't lose its leaves. It holds that leaf, so it's evergreen or ever foliage. It's not ever green because it turns colors from green to red, <laughs> then back from red to green. So you're seeing some of this. Well, some of your pine trees, your conifers, things that have needles for foliage, they also will have this coloration. And so mainly what happens is, um, let's say a Colorado spruce, or in this case, an Austrian pine or Scotch pine or mm-hmm. fir, whatever it is, junipers, uh, they flush this new growth in spring. And it looks vibrant and it's, we're so excited. And it announces spring and it, it blocks out the neighbors and cuts the wind and does all the things we want evergreens to do. Uh, we're about to decorate them for holidays. 
then the daylights get longer and longer. And so now it can, it's doing the photosynthesis thing. It's growing lots of roots right afterwards. And now what's happening, the days are getting shorter. And that older growth that was there last year, the year before, since, since, it's, was, since it's youth, I mean, it's now shedding some of that. And what's happening is they, they put on a, a, a ring of, of wood. And so the bark has gotten thicker. The wood has gotten thicker. And, and the needles towards the inside where the thicker bark is, it starts to shed. Or you've had so much growth that now it's shed. It, the, the, the inside is, is now shaded. Just can't get enough sunlight. And so now as the days get shorter, it just naturally sheds. So on the inside of a conifer, all of them, you don't see foliage. You see bark. You mm-hmm. see structure. You see branching. You see not foliage. And this is a natural occurrence for all conifers. And this is the time of year that it happens. So you'll see it now through the end of the year. This cycle of shedding some, some needles are kind of messy sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not a, I would, I would say, be careful. I, I hate to say, oh, no, it's all fine. They've mm-hmm. got bark beetle or something. But if in doubt, take a picture, bring it in. Mm-hmm. But, but this is not concerning. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common to have your conifers shed some needles on the inside, towards the inside of the trunk area. If it's at the top or out on the outer edges, totally That's different so game. Scary. That's serious. Come in and talk to us right away. You're about to lose your tree. But on the inside, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Just get a rake, clean things up. It'll be done in about six weeks and all will be well. All will be well. All will be well. <laughs> That's the main thing is fertilize. Yeah. It just I can't emphasize that enough. Fertilize, fertilize. Mm-hmm. This is the most important. My Midwest, my poor Midwest folks, they just don't get it. I'm talking to Michigan, you folks from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio. You know who you are. You've got eight-foot frost line, and you just can't wrap your head around. We stop gardening. We 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 it's gonna be all nothing but ice. And there is no gardening to do. You can't fertilize. You can't prune now. You can't plant now. You can't because I didn't do that back in the Midwest. Right. Well, Toto, you're not in Kansas <laughs> anymore. You're out here in God's country where it's beautiful. That's why you've moved to the Sun Belt. It's so much nicer. And plants do keep mm-hmm. using some. They slow down, mm-hmm. but they still use some moisture, some food. Some, so it's important to keep fertilizing uh, this is probably the most important fertilizing of the year for lilacs, persithian, fruit trees, your evergreens. This is this is the one. And then uh, keep watering a couple times a month, just you sporadically. Think by, the, by the end of the month, they should switch their watering over twice a month or do it now? I think? I think as soon as the leaves have dropped off the plants, mm-hmm. that's your, your the plants will tell you. But if it's so, an evergreen... Well, if it's an evergreen, <laughs> let the plants that lose their leaves tell you because the conifers are doing the same thing. Yeah. That's a trick question. Oh, sorry. So anyway, the maples, are, they're starting to get done. Mm-hmm. Aspens are sort of done. The, the Bradford pears are just coming online. So yeah. they're looking spectacular. Yeah. So there's this progression, this, this seasonality. But definitely by the end of the month or middle of the month, mm-hmm. you're back to a couple times a month. Yeah. You're probably fine. If we get a rainstorm, you can cut one of those. A snowstorm. A good, a good, a good deep, <laughs> at least an inch of moisture mm-hmm. that delivers to our, our area. Then you could probably cut one of those out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Lindsay. Talk about seasonality. Uh, she has several blonde ambition grasses nice. in her yard. And of course, right now they kind of 
have that fall look. So they're more straw-ish yeah. looking, especially Blonde Ambition. And she wants to know, should she cut back now or wait on this? So Blonde Ambition, Gramagrass. Mm -hmm. So let, let the readers know because she obviously knows and we know. But not everyone that's tuned in knows. Right. This is a native grass. It grows wild throughout the prairies, areas, mm -hmm. Prescott Valley, Chino. I mean, throughout the area. It's it's a short little grass, about knee high. Mm -hmm. Has the cutest little seed head. They're just really robust, very tough, very drought hardy, very native. Little eyelashes. Like little eyelashes. It's a good mm -hmm. way to describe it. And so we've got several in our yard. We're starting to see that straw color look mm -hmm. to it. This goes for just about all grasses. Leave them alone. Don't prune them back. Don't try to, what we do with our all of our grasses, and we've got a lot of different varieties, we leave that up there because they've got beautiful structure, even though they're no longer those beautiful blues or greens that grasses are right. famous for. Maybe even the plume <clears throat> has started to fade or drop off, but you still get the straw kind of structure to it. That's very interesting. And so I'll, we'll keep those up there until we get a real heavy snow. And once, usually by the middle of, January, February, you get some heavy snows that starts to lay on them and then they fall over and then they don't look so good. No. Prune them back then. Don't be in a hurry to prune back your grasses. You could do it right now. It'd be perfectly fine. But why not enjoy the autumn colors that, that your grasses give you? Those plumes, that, that blonde ambition, that eyelash will stay on there for another two months easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and if you look at the base of it, it's still green at the base. Yeah. It's still rooting. You can still plant a blonde ambition gra mm -hmm. grass. Grass is now, and it would continue to root into the uh, surrounding soil. So, anyway, that's how that's what I would say. Okay. Good questions this week. Yeah. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants for November are Vanderwolf Pine, Flowering Pear, English Ivy, and Camellias. Ice Angel Camellias produce amazing 3-inch rosy blossoms with petals that radiate out from the center of... Camellias deserve front yard status or admired on a patio or deck. Well adapted to acidic soils beneath oaks, native junipers, and maples. Loves shade gardens, containers, and raised beds. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Some stores are meant to dash into, hunt down your purchase, and leave promptly. It's part of our 24-7 cyber world where it's difficult to decompress, slow down, and enjoy the environment. We miss the tactile experiences, fragrance, and enjoyment that come from slowing down and admiring the majesty of something as simple as a butterfly. Waters has elevated lingering to an art form with experiential pauses built into the very DNA of the garden center. We're designed purposefully for leisurely strolls through the many greenhouses that beckon guests to enjoy the plants. We work tirelessly to craft an environment that aesthetically reflects the cycle of the seasons. When you finally have a plant question, one of Waters' plant ambassadors are here to help you choose plants that will thrive in your landscape. Decompress and learn how to linger in the garden once again. Here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love to slow down in the garden, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. 
Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. It's surprising, but there's a couple things, a couple different things, eating trees and your shrubs, the woody material in your yard. I've had two customers this week, actually three, that came in with, with these issues. One, mistletoe. Mistletoe is bad. It's worse. It's, it's as bad as I've seen it, and it's spreading. So mistletoe is a parasite. It's a plant that comes in and it burrows into the actual structure of an oak tree or a hackberry or it can be in pine trees, junipers. It's certain things. It's got a favorite flavor, but the roots go down, not into the soil, but down underneath the bark. And now it becomes one with the plant, its host. And so if you were to spray big green globs, usually there's two types of mistletoe here. One is leafy, one's not leafy. Looks more like a Spanish broom or or a succulent or, or an air plant or something. But they both feed off its host the same way. If left unchecked, mistletoe will actually kill its host. If it, it can take many, many years, but eventually the, the, the parasite wins. Just like if you get a parasite in your gut or in your heart or in your anywhere. It's eventually, you can go for a while, but eventually you collapse. Trees are the same way. This is really important. Uh, you need to be aware or you can lose that big majestic emery oak that's evergreen oak that's just so nice. Um, you, it can affect your junipers and just really take them out, really disform them. What to do? If you've got these big globs, do not spray them with a weed killer or you will kill the host and the mistletoe. They are symbiotic. They are the same. They are one. What happens is when mistletoe grows into that, let's say it's a branch, about 18 inches on either side of that glob, of that mistletoe ball, is the roots. So if you can cut that mistletoe out, you go back about 18 inches, cut it off, it won't come back. You just now got rid of the host. Now get that off your property or burn it or do something. Don't, don't keep it around. Uh, but that's the easiest way to get rid of it. Sometimes mistletoe gets right into the heart, the trunk, the main crotch, the the main structure of the plant. So you can't really cut it out. What do you do then? Uh, Well, now they make a product called Florel. Florel is not a weed killer. What it is, it's a it's a growth hormone. It's, it, it's a growth regulator. So what it does, you spray the foliage on much like you do a weed killer, but it doesn't go down into the structure of the tree that you're trying to protect and kill off the roots. It doesn't affect the roots. It just burns off the top growth. And it, it affects the mistletoe for about a year. If you've got this kind of program, you're probably going to spray that tree annually with Florel growth regulator. Yeah, we've got it at the garden center. We're really specialized now. It's the only product out there that's rated for, that's labeled for mistletoe. But you can't kill it or it'll kill its host as well. So you either cut it out or you spray it with Florel. And that I would say those kinds of trees that have uh, a lot of mistletoe in them, I would say spray, not, not spray them with the Florel, but also fertilize underneath with the all-purpose plant fruit, that 744 all-purpose. It's a granular. You spread it out underneath the drip line. And this plant will now actively grow. And many times you can get this plant to grow past or grow through or keep growing. It'll actually grow and try to suffocate the mistletoe. So you can get a tree to last decades 
by, by doing that, fertilizing, cutting it out, or spraying with Florel. That's how you deal with, with, uh, with mistletoe. It's eating trees right now. The other one, which is super unusual, I've had two customers this week, porcupine. Porcupine is out eating trees. I had one customer, they, the porcupine is stripping off the bark of their fruit trees at the base. So they come in at night. They're nocturnal. You never really see them. And then they plop down and they just eat the, the cambium, the, the wood, sweet wood underneath the bark. They love that taste. They come in and eat that. Or another one, customers saw this porcupine, witnessed it. I witnessed right up through a smoke tree and started eating the tree from the top. When he got done, after about a week's worth of eating, there was no smoke bush or smoke tree left. Ate it right down to the ground. So these these kind of plants, they, they like trees and shrubs, sweet tasting ones. They like apples. They like uh, uh, populus, uh, uh, aspens. They like elms. So there's certain flavors they like. If you see that and you see damage, you, you probably won't see the porcupine. They're kind of like the size of a badger. They're pretty big, like a small dog or a really big cat. Uh, they kind of lumber around. And their bristles aren't always up. They're usually down, kind of walking around. So they're kind of difficult to ID right off the bat, a little black face. Um, if you see that where they're seeing damage, put some wire, put some an obstruction around that that keeps them off. Uh, so you need to discourage them from keep eating that same spot. They seem to be singularly focused on eating that bush or eating that tree until the bark finally gets girdled. They finally eat all the bark off around this this entire tree. It's a 20-year-old apple tree. And in a week's time, comes back every night, eats six inches of cambium, six inches of bark every week. And by the time you get done, the tree just dies next spring. It's terrible. So if you see that, kind of put it on your radar and come talk to me if you get in trouble and I'll help guide you through it. Got more after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our instant Raywood Ash. Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread. You won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love instant trees, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardener and gardeness here at Waters Garden Center from the studios of Waters Garden Center. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. Anyway, we uh, don't get away from here very often. We need a radio show and garden columns and stuff. And we're doing it from right here. Mm-hmm. And so we learn a few things. We know the seasonality. But it's boring when you get just one gardener's opinion. And so we give this segment to Lisa. So it's not boring because she's not boring. She's not <laughs> well, a boring person. I try. No, we get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Always good to be here. What's new in your life? What's new in my life? Mm, how much? <laughs> That's a good place to be. <laughs> it is a good place to be. I'll take it. You know what I was thinking the other day? <clears throat> we are so blessed, so fortunate 
So it's this whole COVID thing, vaccinate, not vaccinate. It's getting wild. Everyone's got an opinion and none of them are right. I don't care who you think you're Mine's right. right. I, I don't know, know your problem. No one's, everyone's so selfish, so inward thinking. They're not thinking about anyone but themselves. I don't care what side of the coin you are. And so we've been truly blessed in that we have not seen one case of COVID here at the garden center within the staff, the staff's fathers, parents, mothers. We've known folks who have lost their lives, personal friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is really, this is a serious thing. It's affected us at the deepest, most personal level. But for us, you and I, our staff has been healthy and clean. Yeah. And, and a lot of us have been vaccinated. Some, not all. We don't require it, but, but we encourage it. We help you figure it out if you want to. But we deal with the public. If anyone's going to get it, it's us. And so we just, just I'm amazed in two years or a year and a half, how long it's been. Yeah. We've not seen one incident. No one, we've had some, some close calls, but no one tested out as COVID. So we, for sure, we quickly let you, let you have the day off or go get tested or go get, <laughs> no, we tell but it hasn't come back. Come in. Don't if even come in. sick, don't come in. Yeah. Well, you're paid. It's, it's, yeah. it's all covered. <clears throat> so it's been, we've been truly not, not many companies have done that. That's true. There's always been an outbreak. Mm-hmm. So I feel kind of providential. Someone's looking after us because it ain't us. It's got to be someone besides us. That's true. So anyway, let's go into garden content because we just okay. offended kind of everyone out well, there. Well, you did. Everyone's I just got an opinion here. on what to do. It wasn't me. It was all you, honey. <laughs> so um, we had a beautiful fall season. The yeah. fall Still color. Going. Yeah. The fall colors this year have been beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. We were even commenting one of the the main road we live off of has like, I don't know how many sycamores planted on this road. And usually you don't see a lot of color in sycamore. You just kind of go, yeah, one day they're green, the next day they're brown. Yeah. Uh, But this year, beautiful yellow on the sycamores and the maples and the the ornamental pears right now have just been over the top. Beautiful, beautiful red colors. So great year for fall. Sometimes we don't get good fall color. Some years we do. This year was a great one. But that being said, all those things, they're getting ready to lose their leaves. Yeah. And pretty soon your yard's going to be looking pretty bad. Kind of twiggy, kind of wintry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, I go through the neighborhoods and some people's yards, boy, when things go dormant, it's it's sad. I'm sorry. It's sad how they look. And you know what? There are so many evergreen shrubs that do fabulous yeah. here. And there's no reason not to have some of those evergreen shrubs in your yard. Let me guess. That's the topic today. That is evergreen the topic shrubs. Today. So, and it's a good time to plant because we just loaded yeah. up with a bunch of them. So, because right. we're skewing everything over towards mm-hmm. it's not spring isn't here yet. Right. So that'll happen in a month and a half, two months. We'll start spring. bringing all the spring things. Oh, I'm like, lilacs, spring is here in a month. Persithias. But right now we're loading up for. Where was it season yeah. ahead for the right. evergreen things mm-hmm. that you could plant out there or have something there that right. helps you continue to look good. And, and a lot of these are ones that you could probably grow even in pots. Yeah. Maybe you're not completely ready to throw them in your landscape right now, but put them in some pots, some nice pottery. So then you get the color from the pottery yeah. as well as your evergreens. So. so what's your number one before we start down your list? What is your mm. absolute favorite evergreen shrub? Bar none. I can only have one. I can have nothing but rock, boulders, and one tree, and an <laughs> evergreen shrub. And the one shrub would be? Well, you know what my favorite 
one is right now. And it, I guess it's technically not a shrub, but the um, rainbow ascot euphorbia. Okay. Right yeah. Now. It's a perennial, and, really. What is yeah, that? Because Euphorbia is a perennial. Right. But it looks sort of like a shrub, like a, like a rosemary or lavender. It's kind of that guess same. It'd be along in that same. Yeah. Um, but ours right now just look beautiful. Yeah. They're starting to change the color. So they're getting more. So they're usually kind of a yellow or cream and green. And in the winter, they get kind of that pink hue to them. Yeah. And ours are starting to do that now. So yeah. they, they look beautiful. I think the one that's closely related to that that I also love is the gopher plant. Oh, good choice. Uh, yeah. Which is another euphorbia. Um, just green colored, uh, but the, the leaf texture on it is very architectural, very unique. Um, so I love both of those. Yeah, gopher plant strikes <clears throat> me as an Arizona plant. It's kind of like artichokes. <laughs> artichokes are freaky weird. Yeah. They, they look prehistoric. Like right. you don't want to touch it. It'll eat your face off. Mm -hmm. It's on this beautiful flower. Now we grow artichokes, but not for the fruit. We grow or the vegetable just because the flower is so cool looking. Yeah. But it looks like it should be like... 250 million years ago, this plant <laughs> used to, and gopher plant has the same kind of those, those blue foliage coming right. off so perfectly geometrically mm -hmm. up and down the stems. It, it just looks like it belongs in Arizona 250 million years ago. Yeah. It's a great plant for here. Mm -hmm. And euphorbia, generally that, that series of plants, animals, they, they've, they've tainted their sap. So mm -hmm. it has this white milky sap so that animals won't eat them. So they've, chemically changed themselves right. so that to, to prevent animals from eating mm -hmm. on them. And so both the, uh, rainbow ascot and gopher plant or gopher spurge got several names. Same, yeah. Animals don't eat them and they're tough as nails, get about knee high, mm -hmm. get a bloom to them. Right. They get everything. Mm -hmm. so that's number one. What's number two? Uh, my favorite. Yeah. Just <laughs> I'm hoping you go down the uh, list because we're, we only got three minutes left. I don't know. And you're <laughs> talking to him. Like, I got a whole page here of things and he's not going to let me talk about them. Um, but I will say the um, Hawthorns. Oh yeah. I think, sure. I, I think Hawthorns would be right in there. Um, really nice oval shaped evergreen, get a little bit of a red hue to them in, in the fall and winter bloom in the spring and they come in and we got ballerina that get maybe two by two uh georgia petite which gets two by three and then there's uh southern moon which gets taller probably five six feet yeah Every, any size you want <clears throat> indian hawthorne and they're very tough full mm -hmm. sun blistering hot same fragrant flower in the spring right. evergreen it's a good series of plants for here mm-hmm and then if you're going to ask me my third. <laughs> you have to go favorites all the time. You just go down the list. We have a lot. Okay. Well, I was going to mention yuccas because a lot of people, I don't That's know good. if they yeah. think about yuccas as evergreen. Um, but yeah, they definitely, that foliage stays there all through the wintertime. Uh, you've got red yuccas. Uh, you got the soft leaf or the soft leaf yucca. And then we also have the bright star. <clears throat> Sorry, allergies, allergies are, are going getting, nuts. I can tell. <laughs> um, the bright star, which is kind of a yellow and green. So yeah. anything in that yucca family, agaves, do really nice in the fall. In the I would add to that <clears throat> bear grass. I don't know if we have any <clears throat> out there, but we do. B e a r bear grass. It's the wild grass. You see the, the wild grass you see out in Prescott Valley. 
uh, Paquito Valley, mm-hmm. all the way out towards Paulden. All those, that's bear grass, native. It's an evergreen. Mm-hmm. It's great. For our yuccas, we were just uh, cutting back the flowers off right. of our bear grass and yuccas, mm-hmm. keeping the foliage, but mm-hmm. not letting the flower, just cutting that flower off so yeah. you keep that structure. And any of the listeners can do that in their own yard mm-hmm. right now. Definitely. Any of your favorites? Nope, but we got a minute to go down the rest of your list. So you got, uh, we get <laughs> well, I was going to mention Nandinas. I yeah. think you talked about them a little bit earlier. So great plant for here. Get about three by three, the Sienna Sunrise and the Gulf Stream, which are my two favorites for here. Um, and then they also give you that really beautiful fall color that yeah. you're looking for in the yard. Um, and then I would also was going to mention hollies for those oh, that have idea. some shadier spots in their yard. Yeah. Uh, the Goshiki holly is yeah. a really pretty kind of variegated holly for here. And the Gold Coast, which is an English holly, has a variegated um, yellow and green as well. Beautiful. And then we have the Blue uh, blue Princess, Blue Boy, one of those, Blue something. Uh, it's nice because it produces holly. the berry yeah. for you because it has the male and the female in the pot. I would put uh, you in the same, yes. so Y-E-W, mm-hmm. same shade loving. Right. Lots of evergreens you can play with right now. You can plant now. Mm-hmm. If, if your yard looks bare or you just need a little accent, come talk to Lisa and the crew. Any of us can help you put in some broadly you evergreens betcha. in your yard. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, will be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. I grew up in the family business with my three sisters, and I've raised four of my own kids in the same garden center. Waters isn't just another business in town. This is part of our home, an extension of who we are. My family spends more time here than we do at home. It's basically an extension of our living room. We just have more friends over than most. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, and you'll feel welcomed, peaceful, and at home here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire. Thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. There are two basic types of vegetables and herbs. There's heat-loving or summer or tropical herbs and vegetables. These would be plants like your tomatoes, peppers, Herbs like basil, cilantro, they like the heat. They do not like the cold. They don't live in the growth. They don't grow in the cold. Those you want to bring indoors and grow indoors if you're going to keep them going. Or you harvest them all and then use them, process them, so you've got those herbs to use through the winter. There's a whole series of plants that actually are easier to grow than those summer plants ever dreamed of. In the winter, these are winter vegetables, winter herbs. In the winter... 
There's less bugs. There's less problems. It's, it's cooler. Watering pressures are off. The winter vegetables are easier to grow than the summer vegetables. These would be things like your leafy, leafy vegetables. If you're harvesting the flower or the foliage, that's probably a winter vegetable. That would be things like the flower would be broccoli. You're harvesting uh, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. The foliage stuff, it'd be like spinach and arugula and lettuce. These are all you're harvesting the foliage parts of, of the plant. These love the cold. They like snow. They like frost. In fact, the flavor gets deeper and richer and more textured. They just, they're, they're softer when it's cold out. They're like bright days, cool nights. It, as we get into summer, you know, a lot of folks will plant their lettuce in May. Well, shoot, June, it's like 95 degrees, 10% humidity, and it's hot. And they start to bolt. They start to go into flower, and the flavor goes off on you. They just, they don't, your, your broccoli will just start to sprout flowers. They just go into flower. Then the head's not quite large enough. The secret with these winter vegetables is to plant them when it's very cool. So now is a good time to plant all your leafy types of vegetables. And you'll harvest those. We often have salads right through winter. Kale, January, February, March. Uh, we'll harvest kale, spinach, uh, lettuce. So we'll have broccoli for Christmas dinner. We'll have cauliflower for Brussels sprouts for Thanksgiving. But you want to plant them now so you've got time to root them out and get them going. And then you'll harvest them all winter long. The winter herbs, those are going to be plants like rosemary. It's evergreen. It's a fabulous plant. In fact, mine's in bloom right now in the yard. So it's, it's even though that last cold went down to 24 degrees, rosemary, they love that. Shoot, go down to zero degrees. They'll like that too. And so they, they're one of those that it just looks really good right till the end of the year. And then they start to bloom. My rosemary will start to bloom again in March sometime. The bees are just starting to come out, starting to get warm. They're foraging. They're very hungry because they've been hibernating all winter. They'll come out and they, they love that blue flower on the rosemary. But they're also good varieties to use in the kitchen, to barbecue with. So there's two main kinds of rosemary. There's upright rosemary or bush rosemary. It's most, most famous because it's bigger. It's more robust. But there's also a ground cover variety. And in the mountains, the ground cover's or uh, it's called Huntington, Huntington Carpet or ARP, ARP, A-R-P, ARP uh, uh, Rosemary. These are the two hardiest varieties of ground cover or creeping rosemary. Well, in the mountains, we've got a lot of raised beds. We have a lot of boulders and rock gardens. We're, we're a rosemary that stays real low, you know, kind of ankle high, but spreads out. Looks really good. They both have good flavor. They both have, you can both use them in the kitchen. Uh, or barbecues. I generally like the bigger bushes. I find that the the the, the leaves, although they're insignificant, are, are plumper. They have more oils in them. And I like those big, long branches where I can strip off that foliage and I use them as a skewer for like pork or chicken. I just, instead of getting a, a bamboo skewer or a metal one, take your rosemary, pluck off that foliage, leave a little tuft on the end, skewer that, that meat on there, put it on the grill, and it, that flavor just permeates from the inside out. It's just my mouth's watering just thinking about it. It's so easy. We love to rotisserize our ham or turkey 
on the grill. Obviously, I like to grill. We've got a big grill. We like family to come over and friends are always welcome. Like we're, we're grilling. I will power up that barbecue um, and put the rotisserie on. I'll put the, put the, just start rotisserizing it. But underneath that, I'll put a pan of water and fresh herbs. And it just fills the entire backyard up with this wonderful herbally kind of fragrance. And it just permeates. It just puts, puts a, a different flavor on whatever you're grilling that's just, just wonderful. On top of fish, we were we were grilling some some trout this week. Uh, the weather's been so nice; you had to be outdoors. And I know it's coming to an end. Eventually, it's going to be some cold weather. Where, I mean, we still had the heaters on, had the flame going, had, had things going. We were eating outdoors after dark. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was magical. It was Arizona. That's what we're famous for. And so, herbs are so great. Now, some of your winter herbs are going to be rosemary, lavender. Lavender's an evergreen herb. I don't really cook with it so much, but I just love the look, love the flowers, love the fragrance, potpourris. You can make teas, all kinds of things with it. It's just a pretty plant. But lavender does really well here if you don't kill it by overwatering it. It does not like heavy soils and thick, heavy. It, it, its roots don't like to be soggy wet. It likes to drain and breathe. But if you give it the right environment, they are magical. It's amazing. Uh, oregano. That is also the same way. Oregano is so easy to grow. And it's a pretty plant. Stays low, kind of ground covery looking. Um, it's a great one. At the front edge, I love golden oregano. At the front, at the edge of walkways or, or spilling over containers. It's beautiful. But then your traditional oregano, the regular blue leafed one, they both can be used in the kitchen uh, for sautés or whatever. Uh, they both taste great, but one's gold, one's green. The other one is thyme, creeping thyme. There's lots of varieties of thyme. All of them do well in the mountains of Arizona, and they're pretty much evergreen. I just planted a bunch of chives and onions. Maybe you, could, maybe you call that a root crop or a vegetable. I kind of classify it as an herb because, you know, chives, you're using those kinds for flavor and spice. Something that's not salt and pepper, but unique and makes your tongue go, wow, that's good. So I plant those. They love, 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 love the cool weather. They do better by planting now than to wait. Your success will go up if you're planting when it's cool. So I'm planting both, all these that I'm mentioning, I'll plant in the month of March or I'll plant October, November. This is my season for those. And so because of the flavor, uh, if you're trying to, if they go to flower, they just, they just don't taste the same. They're not as good. And so, and they're pretty. You put some red spotted lettuce out there. It's a beautiful plant. Arugula is almost a weed and super, super healthy. We drink a lot of smoothies. So arugula and kales go into the smoothies because they're so rich in antioxidants, anti-cancer kind of causing elements that make your make you just healthy, your body immune system robust. So freshness is everything. Did you know that fresh foliage, these plants I'm talking about, the winter vegetables, within one week of, of picking, 75% of the nutrients within that vegetable that you picked is gone. You just lose it. The average time it takes to get 
produce, let's say from Yuma, that's where they grow a lot of this leafy stuff, up to your local fries or Safeway or Costco is about seven days. So you are so much healthier growing your own in the backyard. It doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be a full-on garden. I plant them in with my flowers, pansies and kale. They're pretty together. Uh, I just pot them up in containers, and they're so easy. And they're right there by the front door where I can see them. They're blooming. I can harvest stuff. I've got an entire herb garden on the east side of our stairs going from the top driveway down to the back backyard, classic two-story house on a mountainside. And when I need something, I just go out there and go, doo, 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 scissors and about five minutes, I got got as much as I can actually use more. Then I come back and use them in the kitchen as I need. And so you can do this. It's just working with the seasons, not against the seasons. So many times we're, we're working against the cycles of nature. We find that when we blame it on us, we're going, my thumbs aren't that good. It's all timing. Get the timing right. Your success goes off the charts. Got more for you right after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. You're in the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen. Plus, we deliver and plant for you. Design your plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for November are Camellia, Vanderwolf Pine, Flowering Pear, and English Ivy. English Ivy stays waxed green through winter forming a lush ground cover under large trees. Quickly climbs walls, pillars, arbors, and fences without support. Use English ivy to cascade over hanging baskets or tall planters with a perfectly shaped Alberta spruce in the middle. Shop exciting evergreen vines in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. One bit of advice I can give you. Here's some things that I'm doing in my own yard. Uh, here, I live in Prescott, so up above the high school in the heart of town. And some things that I'm doing in my yard, I'm trying to clean up things as the asters have been in full color, full bloom. They're starting to fade. I just trim them back because they're kind of that dead thing coming up in the middle of the garden. It doesn't look so good. So I take the head shears and trim them back. Uh, Another thing that I'm doing is I'm strategically planning what I'm going to add to my landscape, uh, to my gardens next spring. So uh, manures, I'm thinking manure, mulch, compost, topsoils. Um, if you need to add some some extra soil to freshen up your soil next spring, and, and all of us should, if you're growing vegetables, if you've got container gardens, you've got raised beds, you need to add some fresh potting soil. Uh, at the very least, I, I top dress with some shredded bark. So I'm, I'm buying those now in my garden, and then I'm putting those, I'm going to store them on top of my irrigation box. I don't want those valves to freeze. And so uh, we make our own compost. We make our own topsoil. Make our, we've got our own recipe for potting soils. It's for, for local growing uh, in containers and raised beds. 
I know I'm going to use some. I use a lot of it. And, and it's in a tan-colored bag, so it just blends right in. I put it with the logo down, so it's just a, just a brown bag. And I use it as a huge pillow to, to uh, keep the cold out of my irrigation boxes. And I've got one, two, three, four of them. So from the backyard to the front yard, yes, I have a lot of plants. I have a lot of valves. I've got a lot of if – if, if it could possibly freeze, I put a bag over it. And that's one bit of advice I can give to you. Um, that, and if you're on a well – these folks, I'm talking about those out in the county. You're, you've got your own own well out there. Um, I would say now is the time to power up that insulation tape, the heat tapes, to make sure the, the well house is buttoned up because we're going to get cold. Um, I, I've plugged in my heat lamp and and heat tapes on mine. So it just had been unplugged all, all season. All of a sudden, it looks like this next week. It could get cold. And no, your well house is not going to freeze with one event as it gets colder and it starts to permeate than it does. But I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. I don't have to think about it and go, Oh, Oh my gosh, it's going to be 21 tonight. Uh, I should, yeah, I should do this. So I just get it done, get it out of the way. So some things to really watch. And then I planted some of my violas and pansies kales last week. It is so fun. They've already like 25% larger. I mean, they're noticeably Larger, they just went. Oh, the weather's so great! Whoop! And they just plump right up. You do want to get that colored stuff in the ground. You want to plant those while you still have some warm soil. And and frost does not matter to those things. Even even snow freezes. They like that. Uh, but you want you want to get them in so the while the soil is warm, so they got time to root out and fill in. So they're more glorious. They have more bulk. They're more vigor to them. And they're more impressive. Now, if you wait until the middle of November Thanksgiving, now all of a sudden the, the soil starts to cool down and they won't die, but they won't grow that much either. So um, what I'm hoping for your gardens this week is this cold front coming through obliterates your summer blooming plants. So you've got to make the hard call going, either I pull these dead things out because this cold will take them. And I have to decide, do I want to plant some more? Do I want some winter blooming things? Or do I just want to clean it up and look at empty pots or empty soil for the rest of the winter? So don't wait. Don't wait till it gets too too cold to plant those things. They'll do fine, but it's better to, to go for it early. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners, we hang out throughout the week here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for fall planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire. Thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. 
If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.